Welcome back. It is the afternoon show live from Jiggies and Pete's in South Philly. Watch all the pro football playoff action at Jiggies and Pete's. Nothing goes better with pro football than Jiggies and Pete's world famous crab fries. Obviously, a full day of football Saturday and Sunday. One of those games was uh, Ravens versus Texans. And, you know, me being, you know, the dumb gambler and the reason why I did have to uh, deposit again was because I took the, I took the Texans live money line. Ah. With, with a little. Money line? Yeah. Oh, because the first ten, half was, was good at the first half, and I was like, I don't know the, the Lamar Jackson playoff stuff, like because yeah. it's plus four thirty, I believe. So that's pretty good odds when it's yeah. tied ten ten. Yeah, um, they just couldn't do anything, you know. Like the Texans offense never got rolling. Um, so yeah, you know the, oh, that, that Ravens defense, man, and that's and that's what having a good defense allows for you to do as an offense: stay in the game and eventually start clicking. And that's what, that's what they did, honestly, when they started, uh, when they were 10 and 1, mm-hmm. was the defense would just be able to keep them around. Yep. You know, the, the Chiefs game, the Bills game. And they're down halftime, in, in, even against, like, Washington. Yeah. And a lot of those games. By the end of the year, they, they just couldn't stop anyone. So well, they, <laughs> that's what the whole switching coordinators thing fell apart for them. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, Lamar talked after the game, and I would just like to hear this, this more from Jalen. And,. and Hopefully he can grow and, and these stories about you know, being detached. Hopefully it goes away because I don't want this to turn into another win situation. But this from, from Lamar after the game is something I hope Jalen you know, works into his repertoire. Here, here's, here's Lamar after the game. Who did most of the talking at halftime? I did. You did. A lot of cursing at um, halftime. It would be inappropriate if I said right here. <laughs> it would. We wasn't really doing anything you know, to, to that defense. They was playing great, and that, that offense was playing great as well. But... We wasn't doing our job with our unit in second half. We went to put points on the board, start moving the ball, moving the chains, and start looking like ourselves. Like he basically said, I talked at halftime. I got into some guys, and he put, he put it on himself. Now he's Lamar Jackson now. Obviously, you mentioned right before the break, like he got paid, and uh, you know I think he's probably solidified himself as as the Ravens franchise guy going forward. But that's going to be Jalen too. I mean, these guys are going to be gone. The, the Fletches, BGs, Lanes, whatever. They're going to be gone. It's going to be Jalen's team if it's not already Jalen's team. And I, I just liked, I liked how well, Lamar just, also isn't, according to he's not aloof and keeps to himself. No. Like, there's a difference there. He was already connected to those guys. So they're willing to follow and listen. If you're a guy who only jumps up there when it's convenient, when a camera is on or something of that nature, players see through all that stuff. They don't find it authentic. Right. So, and therefore, they don't believe in it. Right. And, and Lamar has never, they've always, his teammates have always been always very, very, yeah. very behind Lamar because yeah. he, he kind of acts like one of the guys. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I also heard Patrick Queen talk to, to South after the game. Mm-hmm. And he said, Lamar doesn't always say a lot, but when he does, we listen. Mm-hmm. And I just think that if there was more of that during the run where you're losing six or seven, if there was, you know, more of that going on, maybe, maybe this, this season ends up differently. Yeah, and that's why you just really just have to hope that it's something he learns from and he realizes the importance of that. See, if he doesn't get the message that it's important that he does these things, then he doesn't change. But if they talk to him and he understands, okay, maybe I do need to be a little more vocal. Maybe, maybe I do need to make myself a little more available to the guys. I mean, that's things you can do. That's, that's, that's just things you can do as a player. I brought up Kobe. I believe it was last week or two weeks ago when we were talking about this stuff and what Kobe was like in those first couple years after Shaq had left. When he was making sure he was straight and doing everything, but the teammates didn't know him, 
didn't get close to him. He wouldn't let them get close to him, all those types of things, right? And it wasn't until he started to open up a little bit more and, be, and become that vocal leader to where you just can't lead by example. You're going to have to go to a team dinner with the, with the players only. Oh, you got to do that stuff, right? right? Yeah, I know you don't like going out and all that stuff, but you know what? If the fellas are going out to have a, a drink or what have you when you go on a road trip or what have you, then you got to say, you know what? I got to suck it up and go. Don't mean you got to go get drunk or anything of that nature, but you got to go out and, and show the guys that you're one of the guys. Like that stuff is important in a locker room, man. When you're dealing with these athletes that make the type of money they make, they're not sitting there idolizing you. They're not looking at you like you're some type of god or something. They saying, hold on, this dude don't think he's one of us? I'm just as important. You know what I mean? Like that's how players think. And when you're a young player and you get paid like that and you're granted, you're given so much, I'm telling you, the resentment, it, it starts to seep in there. And so you almost have to work to make people feel comfortable. And they're like, oh, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything. Yeah, yeah. Then, until things go wrong, and then they, they, they don't like you. Right. And, and that's why you, you see these stories coming out, and, the, and one of the first players I think of is, is, is Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. And Russell Wilson had, had trouble connecting with, with those guys out in Seattle. They, they, thought he, that they thought that he thought he was above them. Mm-hmm. Um, you never heard, really, because they, they felt like the organization coddled him. Treated him that way. And yep. he did get what, his own private office and, yep. and stuff like that. And I think yep. Sean Payton tried to almost bully it out of him in, in a way. Well, he did. He, he did. He, he did. He benched him. Yep. Um, no, no, he made, told him he wasn't getting a private office. Like, you weren't doing all that stuff this year. Stop. You're not running for president. Right. Yeah. So, um, like, it, it, it does matter because you are the leader of the team. You're one of the faces of the team. And uh, it, it's one of those things going forward that we're going to have to monitor. But it's, it's certainly interesting. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four is how you get in. Andrew's in Cherry Hill. What's happening, Andrew? Hey guys, how you doing? What's up, Andrew? Uh, yeah. So, um, is there anything to make of this uh, this San Laguido guy? No one's ever heard of him before, except for two times in the last six years. Once for the Wentz article, now the Hurts article. <laughs> Doesn't right. have anything else to write except for damning our quarterback. He knows he the time nothing else to write about. Well, I think I think you would give it less credence if he wasn't. I mean, pretty right about the Wentz thing. You know, he, sure. he, he's I mean, been a writer here for a long time. Sure, I mean, I, I'm not. I'm sure he's a great guy, but he crawled out from under his hole twice in the last six years when we got two controversies going on. Uh, it, it just seems very odd to me. And then number two, yeah, he's naming all these sources and doing this and doing that. How do we know this source that's detached from Hertz isn't Quez Watkins? I mean, wouldn't you be detached from Quez Watkins? <laughs> I just, I, that's what I mean by, like, these sources. Who knows what these sources are? It could be Quez Watkins. It could be guys that are making nothing compared to Hurts. I just I don't think there's any viable, anything to, any stock or any stake to put into that. But why? All right. <laughs> or not. I just, don't, I just don't get why. You know, I mean, we're all trying to. I know why because you don't want to believe it. I know, but we're, we're, we're all trying to figure out what happened to end this Eagles season. And, yeah, I'm annoyed that, that Nick Sirianni is coming back, but it's clear the organization doesn't think it was a Nick Sirianni problem or else he would have been gone. Yep. So then he turned to, okay, the, the defense is bad, sure, sure. But they looked disconnected. Like, they didn't look like a team that was, was, was pulling in the same direction. The offense, you know, I, I know people will bring up their points per game, but I think if you watched it, it'd be like, eh, they seem disjointed. Why does it seem like there's a disconnect on the offense? And if the head coach is coming back, then there has to be something more to it there. And you see – 
this is the third, I believe, article about Jalen and teammates thinking he's too stoic. Maybe there was just a disconnect between the players on the offense to where they couldn't start pulling in the right direction. Like that's what it's kind of where I'm at now. So it's it's kind of confirming what I think a lot of people might have thought. Knowles uh, in Boston, what's happening, Noel? Hey, good to hear from you guys. Um, and uh, I think I had two points. I wanted to talk about the Jalen thing. Um, for, for whatever reason, and I think Lee, who called earlier, was kind of spot on. I mean, Jalen is 24 years old. And I think with the statements that he made on the locker cleaning out day, you know, he did – you're right, Ike, he did say a lot of we, but, you know, he's, when he was saying we, he was talking about all the things that are kind of, right, what this article is pointing out, maturity, uh, growing. Um, it, it wouldn't shock me if AJ was the one to call him a prima donna you know, B or whatever, B word, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, it wouldn't yep. shock me because AJ's probably the one dude in the locker room that could say that, um, you know, and, and, and Jalen would, would man up and they could have a conversation about it. Uh, and I also think that, you know, Jason Kelsey is someone that we know that, that Jalen has sat one-on-one with after games and had deep conversations with. So, so I say all that to say that he has shown us before that he can grow. Right? He has shown us that if he focuses on something and recon- recon- recognizes where he has deficiencies, that right. he can grow and he can mature and he can change. And look, man, kid, just, he just turned 24 not too long ago, right? Got a quarter of a billion dropped in his lap, face of the franchise, getting pulled on all these different directions. I do think, and it's obviously going to hinge on the next part, I do think with the, with the right coordinator in there, I think the personal growth stuff he can, he can achieve in the off season with the help of the of the AJ Browns and the Jason Kelseys. I just think he's shown that he could do that before we need to give him the benefit of the doubt. You know, as far as media reporters, look, you know, they go to college, they take journalism as classes, they're professional and when they get to this level where they have access like they do right now, they're not making stuff up. You risk your career to do something like that and they're not gonna do that. If they're putting it in print, for the most part, right? <laughs> for the most yep. part. Yep. If they're putting it in print, that there's something back there and there's too many too many articles coming out that are pointing to the same thing. I think he needs to grow. With respect, if I could make my last point, respect to Sirianni, um, I, I hate to say it, but, you know, two weeks ago after the Arizona loss, I knew that this conversation was probably going to be coming sooner rather than later. I'm not surprised we are where we are yep. talking about getting new coaches. And here's where I think, you, Jack, I, I think Sirianni has to go, and I think it's for two main reasons is number one, we're probably not going to get a highly touted OC to come in here because that's a lateral move. Well, what about and, Jim Bob Cooter? Well, so here, here's the thing, right? Like Jim Bob Cooter, um, the only thing that makes me think it could make sense, right, is he's been around for a while and I've never heard his name thrown around in head coaching circles. Oh, yeah, so he I don't will know not if, be a head coach, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think it's his aspiration or is, it, or is he going to, or is anyone going to give it to him? So maybe he could be someone who could come in here and fix this and at least we know he's going to be here for three or four or five years, right? I think that's important. Um, but the other thing I, I, I don't think is, I think we do need to get somebody who's got familiarity because we've already, we've already heard that whoever's coming in here is going to run Nick's offense, right? And did, didn't we just see that crap show with, uh, with Patricia trying to run the size defense? I mean, if they're not going to go out and get a Ben Johnson or, and I do like Bobby Slowick, by the way, despite what happened against Baltimore. I mean, let's, let's face it, Baltimore's got great defense, but can't deny what that man did 
with um, with uh, CJ Stroud. Uh, with, with DJ Stroud, and he was on the Shanahan staff for six years, right? I mean, he's, I think he's got the gravitas where he could come in and really change this offense and make it dynamic. But if it's not going to be somebody like that, I think it has to be a cooter, right? The cooter man's going to have to come in here. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and he's, and, and look, if he, he was here last year, right? I read uh, 2021 he, he was here. 2021 is here. But wasn't he a consultant to Steichen last year? I read that somewhere. Well, he's the offensive coordinator for Steichen last year. Yeah. Yeah, so he helped with the game planning and the installation and all that stuff. And so he knows Jalen. He's obviously knows how to work with and deal with Howie. And if you're going to have to come in here and run Nick's offense, well, then I say bring someone who has had some track record. He, he did great with Stafford, right? Duo, 1,000-yard wide, wide receivers, running backs in the top three. Mm, in talking yourself the into Cooter? I mean, I, I look, who else, like to you guys' point, who else is out there? I don't hear anybody else's name clamoring for the job. I don't hear us clamoring after anybody. There's no Jim Harbaugh. I heard Belichick didn't even return our calls or Dallas's calls. I mean, if, if we're waiting for Ben Johnson or Bobby Slowick, then I'm cool with that. But I think we need to get on with this. And if he can come in here and if Jalen trusts him, if, if he can help fix Jalen um, and, 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 you know, not – I mean, look, right. yeah, that's last – you know, they asked, they asked him, they asked Sirianni, how, how do you fix this? And Sirianni said, don't you think if I knew how to fix it, I would have done it by now? I mean, that's a damning statement, guys. I don't think that's he's, I don't think he's that. Um, and he said, I'm doubling down. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I guess Cooter, you know, he's, he's, got, he's got some experience. I guess, you know, with the Lions, <laughs> Lions coaching tree, not a huge fan yeah, of Yeah, I'm not talking myself into Jim Bob Cooter. Gonna need to see it. Yeah, gonna need to see it first. Yeah, I, before I, mean, I believe you know, in. Kimberly. Yeah, you know, I, I'm I'm looking for more of a familiar name. Even though I know I've heard the name Jim Bob Cooter, it just doesn't necessarily. It doesn't. It doesn't scream fireworks to me offensively. So no, it feels. It feels kind of more the same. You know. Yeah, I, it, and that's why it'll be interesting if they put together this staff. By the time they speak Wednesday, I know. Because that's a, that's a pretty it's a pretty quick turnaround. Now I'm sure I'm sure they've been calling people, so like they have an idea I what they want since last week. Yeah, I just it feels fast, but I hope they do. Well, how long should they wait? Well, I don't know. They got they, they got to identify the right guy. <laughs> I don't know. Ron Rivera, Jim Bob Cooter. I don't know. I just. I hope I I'm just waiting. To, I don't know. I don't think anybody really knows who they really want. I think the one, na- the one name on offense. I think people. Like, who are we waiting on? I think people will get excited about the enemy. The enemy. I think people would be excited about that. Yeah. But we haven't seen one link to that. Last report we got was a couple hours ago about Mike Caldwell and the, and the defensive coordinator spot. Mm-hmm. So obviously we're looking for any kind of uh, updated stuff there because now it becomes a, a massive, massive position to fill. Uh, Tom's in Vancouver. What's happening, Tom? Oh, man, the more I look at you guys, the more I'm getting depressed. <laughs> well, don't do that. Everything's fine. Well, well, it's not because of what you guys are saying, obviously. It's because of the news out there. I mean, I, I think that if we're looking at this situation, whether or not Sirianni is to blame, there's some sort of issue with Jalen Hurts. And Jalen Hurts responds to people like Nick Saban, and he would have responded to someone like Belichick, I think. And I just not convinced that Sirianni's going to be able to do something with him. Well, it's going to have to go down to the offensive coordinator then, and, and I think that 
Jalen also has to grow as well. Sure, he's got to grow, uh, and maybe he will. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. It's not that easy for everybody to do. Some people can do it, yes, but uh, some people can't do it so well. And I'm not convinced. And in OC, what's the, you know, what sort of OC is going to want to be under Sirianni? So we'll see. The, you know, you've said Eric Bieniemy. Okay, yeah, that's a nice idea. Let's see if it actually works out. I like the idea of someone like uh, Avrabel coming in too and such. But like you said, I don't think that's going to happen that well, much. Well, he's not going to be a defensive yeah, coordinator. Nick Sirianni's going to be the coach, Tom. Well, that's it. So if Sirianni is going to be the head coach, then uh, his he's he's going to be the one who's going to be still setting the uh, the, the the thermostat, shall we say? And we know that uh, he can run high, and Jalen doesn't run high. Um, uh, they don't seem to really click that much. Uh, I'm just I'm just skeptical about this. Well, uh, it I, doesn't I, get me excited. Yeah, go I, ahead. Listen, I understand that, and, and the whole idea that Jalen may not want this or want that. I don't think Jalen's in a position to dictate anything at to this point, because the Eagles have already shown you that if if they need to. Uh, if it ever gets to that point, they'll move on from you. I don't think that's where they're at with Jalen, but a persistence, uh, reluctance to fall or, or listen to your coaches can cause issues. So you don't want to go from being the face of a franchise, one of the faces of the league, to being the guy that's uncoachable. Like this idea that somehow Jalen has all the answers and he doesn't have to listen to a coach is preposterous to me just is whether he agrees or not <laughs> like you're, you're in your third year you barely got two full years as a starter and now you dictate what plays are called and what you should run or this and that and the other like that's it's a hard way to maintain success and you would better be right and you don't want to start getting a reputation that you're hard to work with you don't listen to coaching because these coaches spend countless hours on this stuff and so what's going to happen with the next coach that comes in that he doesn't trust in? Could be this all over. We'll do it all over again. And I, I, I guess I just wonder, did he have a lot of confidence in what Steichen was preaching or, or did something change this offseason? And, and to where, like, he didn't believe in what, like, in what Brian Johnson was, was putting out there. Like, why all of a sudden did he stop trusting the coaching if, if he's making different changes at the line and stuff like that? Like what changed? No. Why all of a sudden is it like I'm going to do my own thing? Right. I mean, he's trying to fix, I guess, what, what he, the perceived problem. Um, did he have that much confidence in Sykin? Can the right offensive coordinator fix that, or, or is this on Jalen? Yeah. I mean, listen, to, to me, that play in Seattle was just a, a damning sort of statement that A.J. threw out there. You know, I watched the end of that game, and I hear people making excuses. Oh, he didn't trust the coach. He didn't trust the coach. Well, he led to, it led to a loss. Him not trusting the coach. Hmm? Well, it led to multiple throws where it was going deep for no reason when guys yeah. were open. Yeah. So, like, him maybe he should trust the coach. <laughs> and that's the situation he should have. For yeah, sure. I'm just saying. Like, well, how do we know what happened in other situations where that, where that happened? It all becomes into question. I mean, yeah. the, end of the, the end of the Cardinals game, the back-to-back -back QB draws that everyone yeah. had problems with, the, the, the deep shot in, in, against the commanders. Now, I think it came out that that was Jalen and AJ that checked them out, mm -hmm. but even that was dumb. Well, well, well here's, here's the other thing. The last thing we should want to do is to continue to basically place 
responsibility and accountability else places and keep saying that Jalen's fine. Leave him alone. It's everybody else. It's everybody else. And I understand there's a fear of history repeating itself at the quarterback position and what took place here. I get all of that. Well, you know, maybe if I'm not starting a, a LTBB and all this other stuff, no, I'm, and I'm being facetious, honestly, and there's more people who actually is holding him accountable, then he doesn't feel like, well, what I'm doing is right. Because there's, there's, a, there's a facet of the other fan base out there that supports me no matter what I do. If we start this whole Jalen can do no wrong, then we're the ones that's left here as fans disappointed. Jalen's going to be straight. He's good. He's going to be good. He's all right. Hmm? Wealthy, generational wealth, all that stuff. He's good. We're the ones that all we want is a championship. So why not look at what gets you there? And I've never heard anything about a player being rogue and running his own stuff and, and undermining the coach being a good thing. It doesn't, it doesn't last long. Of course it Unless, doesn't. But the only time you'd hear it is guys that are in the league for 10 years. Like you'd hear Rodgers do it. You, you know, Brady could do it. How, how long did that last in Green Bay? He was changing Matt LaFleur's plays. Hmm? And when he was winning MVPs, they were okay with it. But guess what? When they started getting ousted and not getting to the championship, they were tired of it. They were tired of Aaron knowing it all and doing what he wanted to do instead of running the plays that Matt LaFleur is calling. And, again, like that's why the, the coordinator position is so big this time is, is, is getting that back instead of just like – let him go out there and kind of do his own thing, getting this thing back on track. He but he has to buy into it. He's got to buy into it. Yeah, and it's not a conditional thing. Other than the fact you're under the conditions that you are an employee, you're a player. He's the one. And that is the reason why he said that owners own, coaches coach, players play. Well, then if you keep that formula, then you don't have to worry about being blamed and people talking behind your back and going to Joe San Liquido. Yep. Lou's in Denver. What's happening, Lou? Hey, what's up, guys? Um, what's up, Luke? Just where my where my head's at. What's up, Ike? Uh, I'm feeling like pre-2017 Eagles fan right now, man. That was the worst game I've ever watched. I, I feel like this team played us like a freaking fiddle with all the post-game press conferences and promises to not show up. I would have fired Sirianni just because of that, just because of that. We did, now, hear a lot of, we did hear a lot of, we're going to fix this, and then for five it's weeks just, they did I, I feel like an idiot. I feel like an idiot wasting my time watching this team. When we care more than they do, that was clear. Guys making business decisions out there. Mm-hmm. Pisses me right off. And, look, it's like a lot of callers, it's across the board. Howie, Roseman with the missed draft picks, the missed free agents, the offensive and defensive lines were overrated. The linebackers were not NFL players. But I'm sorry, and the, the play designs, man, watch this weekend. Look at those play designs compared to ours. I mean, it's like night and day. But here's the thing, man. You're the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. You're going to be a god. Just go ask Nick Foles if you win the Super Bowl, and you're going to get ripped when you suck. And Jalen Hurts sucked this year. I don't care about his stats. Look at the turnovers. Look at the way his body language. Unapproachable. He should be approaching other people and getting the guys rallied up. So here's my question to you. And, 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 what, and, and one more thing. How many times did we see him manipulate the defense? 
show a replay where, you know, oh, he took his eyes to safety this way, then went over that way. I don't think he can go from under center. That's another thing he's got to learn because that pulls in the linebackers, allows you to go over the middle because you have more time. We didn't do any of that this year. I don't know if it's his fault or Sirianni's fault, but my question to you is if this was, if he was a first-round pick, what would we be doing this offseason with his contract? Because that's a, that's a huge question. I, I, you know, I don't know where we go from here. This is like, I'm so distraught. Yeah, guys. you seem like, like you're down bad, season. Yeah. Ugh. I know. It's, it's, listen, it's, it's, it's an interesting time. It's an interesting time. It's, it's just no need to, to be ready to burn everything and jump ship. There's no need to do that. They're coming off a terrible ending to a once-promising season. Um, we got a few question marks here that can be answered moving forward. I still believe in Jalen. I still think he's a quarterback that you can win a championship with. They got to put a team around him. He has to embrace that and everything else that comes with that. This will be a good offseason for him to sort of get back to the basics. Right? It should be a quieter offseason for him. He's not coming off a Super Bowl appearance and all that other stuff and new contract, the stuff that was a distraction for him last offseason. He can get back to the grind and get back to being the Jalen Hurts that we saw in 2022. A lot of good football left in him. Look at, look at the talent on the offensive side of the ball. There's no reason to have doom and gloom. No. If you want to have doom and gloom, there's some question marks in the defense. But Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, I was once told early in the season that defense was a luxury. Well, I think that was, I think that was you. Come on, you. You're, you're an Eagles <laughs> Hall of Famer. Not for your offensive uh, prowess. Defensive end. 215-592-9490 for the Twitter question this hour. Sponsored by Mark's Jewelers. Looking for the perfect engagement ring? Visit Mark's Jewelers for diamond engagement ring to fit every budget online at marksivenjewelers.com. We are live at Chickies and Pete's in South Philly. Nothing better. Nothing goes better with Philly basketball and hockey than Chickies and Pete's. Find a location near you at chickiesandpete's.com. Rolling into the 5 o'clock hour of the top 5 of 5 with Ben Kenny and all of your phone calls. Don't go anywhere. It's the afternoon show on Sports Radio 94 WIP.